Thank you, team, for that singing this morning. And uh, trust that uh, trust that you are experiencing God's uh, God's presence uh, to be felt uh, wherever you happen to be uh, joining us from today. I wanted to make uh, one comment um, uh, regarding our regarding our recording and whatnot. Uh, we had a couple of people asking about uh, the podcast that we used to do. We used to upload just the message portion that folks could uh, listen to uh, more easily if they're in their car or wherever they happen to be. And so we've started doing that. In fact, this week I uploaded this entire series, The Deep Clean, to uh, our, our podcast. And so whether you're getting it, I know we're on Stitcher, I know we're on iTunes, and making sure that we get over to Podbean. So those are some places where you can catch that and so that's, uh, if, if there's another, um, another way that you're listening to podcasts and you want to make sure that, uh, that we're on there, if you just want to message me, let me know, and I can make sure that is happening. But thank you for your feedback on those comments, and uh, we don't know if, if, we can't fix anything if we don't know, and so we appreciate uh, those kinds of insights, especially uh, right now where this is the uh, easiest way and really the only way. Uh, for folks to be connecting but with podcasts just a reminder that it's just the messages uh, that are there and not the entire service uh, with the music and and whatnot last week uh, this is the last week in our deep clean series and as i said at the onset three weeks ago that uh, i want this to be a time that we uh, use to kind of uh, clear uh, the stuff that you might have in your life and I, i'm just discovering that with so much happening and so much going on, we probably need to do this on a more regular uh, basis. And so I want to share with you a little bit something I did this week in my uh, I'll, I'll full confession uh, right now. So now there's all kinds of people that can hold me accountable uh, to this is, is I struggle sometimes to actually unwind, pull the plug, take a day off, do all of those different things. And so on Wednesday this week, uh, because of some things that, that were happening and going on and Jacob our son our oldest son uh, was off work that day I decided to to unwind from the from the mental work and do a little bit of physical work and helped him out with his grass cutting and and those types of things and I was sitting down that night and I thought wow I, I'm really exhausted but exhausted in a in a good way it was it was nice to have that that brain break if you would uh, from uh, from some of the other uh, th things that were happening and going on. So I just want to challenge you, encourage you, not because I have this all figured out because I'm really bad at this. I know there's always one more thing that we can be doing and things that we can be thinking about uh, to encourage whatever it is that you need to do to take a brain break, uh, to do a deep clean. For some of you, you work really, really hard physically all week long. And so for some of you, you need to unplug from that and maybe you need to pick up a book, maybe you need to read, uh, listen to or read uh, something. I don't know what it is for you. We're all, we're all different and we're all doing different things. But whatever it is, uh, a break from the routine is sometimes uh, just a, a wonderful, wonderful blessing. And so the, the title of the, the message or my teaching today is this, get over yourself, get over yourself. And, and I, I don't want that to come across 
in a, in a sarcastic way, and I don't want it to come across in a, in a way that uh, you're full of yourself and so you need to get over yourself, but in a helpful way. And so I want to look at a passage of scripture as we dive in today from Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18, and a few verses there where Jesus is giving very direct uh, information and a really direct challenge. And I, I, want to be, I want us to catch this that he's directing this to folks that should have known better and to the church. So often, so often, way too many times, we take scriptures and passages of scripture that Jesus intended for the church and we try to apply them to people that are far from God or maybe aren't serving Jesus yet when they were intended for those that are following God. So if you're watching today, I'm glad you're here, but this message it is not for you right now. It's, it's for you that hopefully after you discover Jesus and begin to take a, a step in that direction with him. But really, Jesus was talking to the religious leaders and to the church leadership at the time that had become so corrupt. And I believe with all of my heart that this is something that we struggle with today in Western church culture that we need to be reminded of as followers of Jesus, that we need to get over ourselves. And so this is what Jesus is saying to the religious leaders, to the church of his day. To some, <clears throat> to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Remember what I said? He was saying, church, religious leaders, you people that are, are supposed to be godly, but you're confident in your own righteousness and you're looking down at people that you shouldn't be looking down at. He tells, tells his parable, which is Jesus' way of saying this story didn't really happen, but I'm going to illustrate a point with it. He says this, he says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, if you're, if, if you're not familiar with that term, local pastor, local church leader, one a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. I want to stop there for a minute. These folks would have been at complete opposites of each other as far as the church was concerned. Pharisee over here, really, really righteous person, would always have his clothes the way that it, they should be, and life was perfect. If he was on Instagram or Facebook or all, any of those things, they would have had that perfect picture. Over here, tax collector. The, 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 the scoundrels of the culture, the, the sinners of all sinners. When you, when whatever term you want to put in there, whenever you think of somebody that's really, really sinful, Jesus is trying to illustrate that point with tax collector, trying to drive that point home. So tax collector, Pharisee, opposites of each other in the culture. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. So Pharisee gets to the temple, enters the temple. Jesus tells his story. Uh, they're there to pray. Pharisee's there to pray. And he holds his nose in the air and says, thank you, God, that I am not like those other people that are so evil and have done so many things wrong. He goes on to say, I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. In other words, 
I'm going to paraphrase here. This is Sean's version. I read my Bible every day. I attend the right church at the right time in the right place. I've always vote the right way. I'm smarter than everyone else. I'm informed. I have a college degree. I'm, uh, my kids are, are living the way that they should be. They don't live in that part of town or that part of the world. And by the way, I post the best selfies. I'm trying to drive home this point of what this Pharisee was doing in his looking down at others as he prayed. But the tax collector stood at a distance. No kidding, right? Why would he want to be in the presence of somebody that was looking down at him? Tax collector stood in distance. He would not even look up to heaven. He was so ashamed, Jesus is trying to convey here, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then in verse 14, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. I think we need this reminder uh, more now than what we've ever needed before. A, a reminder, a call to the church, a call to followers of Jesus of how we are supposed to live our lives the way that God has called us to live. That we don't live our lives in such a way because we're better than everyone else, but we live our lives in such a way that we realize on our best day, on our, on our very best day, on the day that we hope that everybody is watching everything that we're doing and we're getting it all right, on our best day, that we are asking God to have mercy on us because we are a sinner. So in Deep Clean today, the title is Get Over Yourself. Let me pray with you, Father God, thank you that we have this opportunity to spend these few moments together to help us to understand and to realize how you want us to live and how you want us to put you first. Pray that you would help us to do that. These things we ask in your name. Amen. When I ask you a question, how many of you have a problem with pride? Check that in in the comments if you want and say, I do, I do, or put your hand up or do it. No, I'm just kidding. You don't need to do that. This is a message for anyone, though, that struggles with pride. Pride is ridiculously hard to teach on and to preach about. And here, here was the tension this week as I was getting ready for this. I knew what I was preaching on. I knew what I was going to be talking about. But this idea is, is as soon as I begin to teach on it, it means I have it all figured out, which means pride can begin to, to creep in. And I'll let you in on, on, on a little secret. I think any pastor that is being honest can struggle with this from time to time. It can be a struggle sometimes, because sometimes people will say things that even begin to build that pride a little bit. And if we're not careful, we begin operating in our own competency instead of operating in what he has for us. Pride is a couple of things that I want us to see as we dig into some scripture. Two things, it's dangerously destructive, and it's difficult to detect. I asked the question just a few moments ago, how many of you struggle with pride? Here's a better way to ask that question. 
How many of you know somebody that struggles with pride? Type their name in there in the comment. No, I'm just kidding. Please don't. Please don't. But pride is one of those things that most times, if not all the times, others can see it quicker than what you can. And so that's a great question. Please don't do it right now. I don't want uh, massive fights to break out. But maybe ask somebody in your family, a spouse or a child or, or somebody that you know really, really well. Do I, do, do, I, do I have pride? Do I struggle with pride? Because we can see it in others quicker than what we can see it in ourselves. Sometimes if we're, if we're doing this really, really well, we look at ourselves in the mirror and then we do see that pride creeping in, but then we look away and we say, oh, I don't like that part about me. Instead of making the changes that maybe we ought to. It's destructive. We don't tend to think it's destructive. Uh, we tend to think of those bad sins, don't we? Those, those sins of, of murder and greed and lust. But what about the sin of pride? You see, Jesus was speaking into this issue because he knew that pride at, at its core and at its heart could actually destroy everything that God wants to do in your heart and your life. And so the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 5, the Lord, listen to his language, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Just in case you think Jesus was light on sin, he's not. He calls sin out for what it is. And then in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13, it says, all those who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance. And so it's dangerously destructive. It's difficult to detect. And those who need it most don't know they need it. It's so hard to really get her head around this. I think if there was one message that I could, uh, that I wish I could just delegate off, it would be, it would be this one because it's hard and it's tough. But here we go. I want to give you some things this morning that I hope will be a help to you. I wish, I wish I could tell you though that I don't ever struggle with pride. But there are times that I've let pride get in the way of what God wants to do in a situation and circumstance. You see, we live in this world and we live in this culture that we're supposed to be self-sufficient. We're, we're supposed to have life figured out. And, and, and especially, and I spoke about this as pastors, but let me, let me broaden that a little bit. The longer that we're a follower of Jesus, we're supposed to, to know this stuff and we're not supposed to struggle with the same things. And so a, a little bit of pride begins to, to, to seep into our heart and life. And so we can begin to think, I, I'm going to do this. I can, I can crush this thing, whatever it is that, that God is calling me to. And we think because of our competency, we think because of our education, maybe we think of because of, of what's happening, that who we are, and, and maybe from the family that we're, because of the family we're from, that we're able to do it. We think that way instead of thinking, I want to honor God. Instead of thinking things like, I hope they like me. I, I hope I get enough likes and shares. Can I, can I be really, really honest with you as a, as a, as a pastor? One of, the, one of the worst things about this whole online journey has been is having to see those numbers. Because even though we can be holier than thou and say, I don't pay attention to the numbers, we do, don't we? 
We pay attention to the numbers of, of people that are, are maybe here in the building when we're able to do that. But then we watch those numbers of views and likes and shares and all of those things. And there's something within it that says, well, I wonder why that message or that sermon wasn't as popular as this one. I wonder what I did wrong. I wonder, and and, and we, we internalize it to make it me. Instead of thinking, I'm just going to honor God with the gifts that he's given to me. Why do we do that? Because pride is a problem. And if we are open to hear from God, we might find that there is a way for us to walk through this. And so if, if you battle pride, if you're willing to be bold enough to say, I, I battle some prideful thinking sometimes. I want you to know that God will honor that type of thinking when we begin to think that way and help us to walk through it. After confidently declaring his loyalty, loyalty to Jesus, I want, to look, I want us to see uh, something that Peter did. Peter knew all about exalting himself, but he also knew about being humbled. Peter was that, that first one to speak, and the guy that said, Jesus, I'll be with you to the end, but he knew what it was like to be humbled. Look at what he says after he denied Jesus three times and being stripped of his pride. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4, dress yourselves in humility. As you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the righteous time, he will lift you up in honor. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be opposed by God. I, I would rather have his grace. And Peter says, just for the record, I struggle with this. I have been the guy that needed to be humbled, and I have just been humbled now because I denied my Lord and Savior three times. Before we get too far into this message, I just want to clarify one question that probably some of you that are asking, is it always a sin to be proud? Is all pride sinful pride? No, it's not. It's not a sin to be proud of your child for, for doing something and for doing something amazing. It's not a sin to be proud of, of bringing your best to something that matters. It's not a sin to be confident in the gifts that God has given to you. There, there is a righteous way to be proud. That's not what we're talking about today. So what makes pride sinful? Sinful pride is an elevation of ourselves above others and a denial of our need for God. This is where we get ourselves in a mess with, with pride that we elevate ourselves about, above others and or we deny that we really need God in our lives. And so I want us to see three types of sinful pride. That's why it's, it's dangerously destructive and deceivingly difficult to detect. So hard. Three different types of pride. Look at quickly. First of all, there's the I'm better than you pride. We see this type of, of sinful pride in, in Jesus' parable in Luke chapter 18, when the, 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 the parable that I read to you just a few moments ago, when we have the Pharisee looking down at the tax collector that was there. And this is the type of pride that we see firsthand here. What's odd here is this Pharisee had no idea how full of himself that he was. He actually thought he was doing something to honor God in the midst of how he was living. Pride is dangerous and difficult to discern in yourself. 
This Pharisee had no idea that he was struggling with this. But as we watch his words and his actions, he most certainly was. Most of us don't ever say it out loud. Most uh, don't ever say out loud, I'm better than you. But this type of sinful pride often manifests itself in a spiritual disguise. Spiritual pride or a critical spirit. Or maybe this type of word, I would never do that. You see how easy it is to allow that to seep into our hearts and lives. We don't say I'm better than someone else many times. But we have a critical spirit towards others that have done something maybe they ought not to have done. Where we say, I don't know why they did that. I would never have done that. How dare they do that? I would never do that. You see, with all kinds of things, whether it's the current events that we are living through, we have to be so careful as followers of Jesus to make sure that we don't have some type of superiority complex that we think we have it all figured out and we look down to others. God, show me if I've got a better than you kind of pride. God, check my spirit and check my heart when those that thinking begins to enter into my brain that I'm better than somebody else. Number The second type of sinful pride is this. I can handle it, pride. I've got this. Some of you, this is your, this is your pride. I confess this is part of my pride. I don't need anybody else. I can handle this on my own. I don't want to be ashamed to, to ask for help. And if we're honest, we might see this kind of pride in ourselves. Maybe for you, you love to give, but you find it hard to receive. I discovered a long time ago, and it was hard for me, that when people wanted to give a compliment, I would always cover that with something I had done wrong instead of just receiving that compliment from them. I don't know what the issue might be for you, but for all of us, we find ourselves in one of these boats, I'm quite sure. Perhaps one of the biggest indicators of this, I can do it myself, I can handle it myself, right, is the fact that maybe you rarely pray. When you do pray, maybe prayers are flat, faithless, and predictable. Bless this food, give me a good day, keep us safe, those types of things. And there's nothing wrong with those types of things. But what about dangerously difficult prayers that say, God, I need your help. God, without your your presence in my heart and in my life today, I cannot do what it is that you have called me to do. When we think about it, when we think about it, if we think we can handle it, it changes our prayer life doesn't it? It should make our prayer life a whole lot different when we know that we can't handle it on our own. Our lack of prayer many times is a declaration that we don't really need God in our hearts and lives. What this Pharisee was saying is, God, I really don't need you. I got this all figured out all on my own. God bless me. Thank me. Uh, You should see the things that I'm doing. Aren't I doing such a wonderful job? Again, slow down. Get honest. Ask God, do I have this type of pride? If you do, We need to humble ourselves. This is hard to do in our culture, in our world right now. To humble ourselves and say, I I, I need your help. 
I, I need your help spiritually. I, I, maybe you're, you're battling depression and you need, you need help to battle that depression. And it's not just reaching out and asking God for the help, although that's the first place to start, but asking others to, to surrender that thinking and say, God, I, I can't do this on my own. You see, this is a type of sinful, prideful thinking. Number three, the last one, it doesn't apply to me, pride. It doesn't apply to me, pride. There's a funny story about Muhammad Ali. I, I'm, probably you've heard it many times before as I have, but it, it bears telling again. Reportedly, he was on an airplane. I don't know if the story is true or not. It may be a parable as well that Jesus told. But reportedly, he was on an airplane and a flight attendant asked him to put on his seatbelt, as they will do. They check very carefully when you're on an airplane whether you have that on. I've often wondered why. If the airplane goes down, you're going to be strapped to the wreckage, right? I know they have a reason. But he had been asked to put a seatbelt on. He replied, Superman, sorry for my bad grammar, Superman don't need no seatbelt. The flight attendant was pretty quick on their feet and said, Superman don't need no airplane. You see, we are not Superman. You are not God, I am not God, and sometimes we pretend that we are God, don't we? Uh, we think that, that we can act above the rules, we think we, that they don't apply to us, and I confess that sometimes, sometimes I can have this type of thinking. Oh, that, that, that rule was created for somebody else, but it wasn't created for me. I don't know where you are and where you are in life right now, but wherever you're at, I think if we're not careful, we allow pride to seep in in some type, way, or form. And so here's what I want your prayer to be. As we think about this issue of pride and making sure that the things we are doing are God first and others first and me last, it's, it's not about... Uh, about, about uh, it's not about just uh, doing the woe is me, uh, I, I don't want any attention or anything like that, but it's, a, it's a, an, an intentional thinking that says, I'm going to put others first. I'm going to think of myself less and others more. But maybe we need to pray things like this, God, do I have a better than you pride? God, do I have a, I can handle it pride? God, do I have a, it doesn't apply to me pride? Peter, what Peter said in our text is so key. To this and I want to read it to us again as we come to a close. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves, as if Peter is talking to us, under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up. It's fascinating to think about who said this, that it was Peter that said this. The same one who bragged, Jesus, I'll never let you down. I, I will never betray you. The same, the same guy that Jesus looked at and said, upon this rock, I will build my church. I mean, Peter breathed uber confidence. But he realized he couldn't do it on his own. He's the same one who got out of the boat and started to walk towards Jesus on the water. But when he saw the winds and the waves, he began to sink. This Peter says, humble yourselves under the almighty hand of God. And he will lift you up. The same hand lifted Peter out of the water wants to lift us out of sinfulness. 
And so maybe for someone here, it's time to humble yourself. Maybe it's time to humble yourself and ask for help. Maybe it's time to humble yourself and turn back to God and realize that you can't do it on your own. One more scripture and then I'm done. In Luke chapter 18, verse 14. A scripture I started with, for all those who exalted themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. You see, sinful pride is dangerously destructive and difficult to detect. And so wherever you happen to be at in, in this message, can I encourage you to heed the words of Jesus and realize that it's not all about you, it's not all about me, but it's all about him. And that we would stop inserting ourselves in places that we ought not to. And realize that we need to rest, we need to, we need to commit to his ways and not our ways. That we don't live in such a way that people see our arrogance instead of seeing who we are in Jesus Christ. That people don't see that, that we, this idea that we just have it all figured out. Instead, they see the picture of that tax collector that said, have mercy on me, O God, a sinner. You see in that story that I begin with, we ought to be chasing more after the attitude of the tax collector than the attitude of the Pharisee. That's essentially what Jesus is saying. He's saying church leader has it wrong. Sinful tax collector has it right. Because of his attitude. And so a thought-provoking question that I asked myself, I actually wrote it down in my notes as I was getting ready. Am I more like the tax collector or the Pharisee? In my attitude towards others. Thank you for being with us this morning. Just before I pray, I just want to remind us that next Sunday we're going to be having communion. I know I said it at the beginning of our gathering. They say if you say something two or three times, you have a better chance of remembering it. So that next week, be sure to have your, uh, whatever it is that you're going to use for communion, your juice and your bread or your wafers uh, ready for that. We'll give you a few minutes at the beginning of our gathering next week to get that ready. Uh, but I just wanted to remind us of that. Let me pray with you once again. Thank you for joining us. And just a reminder to reach out and to connect with us if we can serve you, if we can pray for you uh, in any way. We'd love to be able uh, to do that. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your goodness to us. Father, thank you that you speak into our hearts and lives, and even, even though sometimes it's a difficult message because we don't like to hear things, uh, Lord, about maybe how we're living and, and, how, and what the things that we're doing when it comes to pride. Father, but I just pray that we would realize how destructive this can be. And Lord, uh, how much it can hurt not only ourselves, but it can hurt uh, the kingdom and, and for how we're trying to represent you. God, if there be somebody watching today that needs to step into a relationship with you, Father, maybe for the first time, or maybe they've wandered away from that relationship, God, that they would do that. Father, speak to our hearts and minds. I pray that you would encourage each one that is, that is with us here online today. God, that you would give us the, uh, the courage that we need, you would give us the wisdom that we need, uh, regardless of the circumstances or situations that we might be facing. Father in heaven, we ask all of these things in your name. Amen.
God bless you. See you next week.